Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone to the Aging Fearlessly radio podcast and thanks for tuning in and downloading my podcast. It means a lot because a lot of effort goes into choosing great guests and spending the time to interview them and research so that I get the best out of their knowledge. Leah Zalams is an amazing woman whose career spans 30 years. I was going to say 30 decades, but that would make you very old, Leah. No, 30 years, starting as a biochemist, where you quickly learned, Leah, that you preferred people to Bunsen burners. Is that correct? <laughs> the, the test tubes wouldn't talk to me, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and you, so hence you moved on to pharmaceutical sales. And I understand that well because I've been there before. And you invested in um, leading cross-functional teams in complex high solutions in the health industry. That sounds very, very competitive. These days, you're an executive coach for STEM executives and teams. And STEM is science, technology, engineering, maths and medical industries. And you empower and teach women how to define and communicate their unique value, their professional brand and leader identity. So welcome, Leah, to my podcast. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much for having me and for that very warm welcome. Thank you. You are really amazing. So thanks for coming on. And we met earlier this year on one of Jane Jackson's podcasts where we were one of four guests each and which was a really amazing podcast so I said then you've got to come and talk on my podcast but Leah tell us a little bit more about yourself yes you've gone from biochemist bumps and burners to sales and to training look I have always been a highly competitive and in sport in wanting wanting to, to do whatever I do well and, and highly curious about, about life at the molecular level. That was really, how does life work? How do people work? But I started off in biochemistry and did my honours year in research. And whilst that curiosity around life at the molecular level was, I was stretched, I was uh, definitely learning a lot and doing a lot, I realised that life in academia and uh, the world of laboratory research was so far not aligned with who I, who I am. Mm-hmm. I just knew that people and business, so the business of science, the business of people, that's what led me into sales. And so I found my way into pharmaceutical sales and from there progressed into medical technology solution sales because I wanted something tangible. I wanted Ah. something real. Um, And this is where we share a bit of background, Karen. You know, I was very good 
um, talking to the doctors, connecting, understanding their pain points and really being able to position the benefits of whichever uh, drug I was representing. And because um, as you know, the pharmaceutical industry gives the best, best training for sales and people development. And, yeah. um, and they are, uh, that, because that is core to their success. And so moving into medical technology and IT, this is where I was getting more into how do we prevent disease in the first place? How do yeah. we, the cutting edge technology to prevent uh, disease and, and then also to give people the best, um, the best experience of life? So that was always my, um, you know, I was driven by business, by science, and also by uh, what can I do for the betterment of the human experience. So we do know that prevention is definitely better than cure. Mm. And uh, so, you know, very, very valuable looking at how we can prevent rather than cure because, so, yeah, you've done some amazing things. And so, look, today with what um, we were discussing, I wanted to talk about ageism. And my podcast and radio program, I typically aim at the over 50s. And that's when about ageism really starts to kick in. And although they say these days, you know, the 40, 50 is the new 40 or whatever. How's the saying go? I'm all the wrong way around then. But basically... Well, Karen, for me, it's 60 is the new 40. Yeah, so, so, you know, it's like we're not like the generations before us. Uh, however, when it comes to the workplace, there's so much competition in our workplace um, and so many younger generations coming through and you know even though the over 50s we have so many skills and we have skills that are very hands-on practical because we didn't grow up in this computer literate world so our skills can be quite different and very very valuable but ageism is real it certainly is it certainly is real karen and um because my corporate year, career, I ended it at 55 and went back to full-time study. So mm. part of what I was experiencing was that feeling that I was at the end of the road in terms of my career potential. Um, mostly, I'm happy to say from my own end of the road perspective, but yep. I definitely was feeling it very much that um, in the last couple of positions I held, there was definitely uh, this sense of more opportunity and more eyes on the, um, the, the 20s and 30s uh, mm -hmm. people um, yep. for development, for career opportunity, for, uh, for, for leading things. And but again, I have to say too, I was tired of corporate. And after three decades, my goodness, that's a lifetime, isn't it? Three, and not I, 30 decades. <laughs> yes, not 30, not 30. But I won't tell you how many actual jobs I had because I had so many different roles. Because in sales of cutting edge technology and IT, it's a really competitive, harsh world that if you don't deliver 
within 12 months or at 18 months they stretch it to. Now, they churn and burn. That has been the culture, certainly, in those years um, that, uh, that I was there. So I became very, very good at uh, presenting myself and positioning myself for that next role. That was as much of my career as it was actually delivering for the business I was working for. Yeah. So I feel very fortunate now that I developed that agility. I was not one of these people that was in one role for 10 years or 20 years so, and therefore had my identity completely wrapped up in that role. Because this is what I see now as an executive coach. Yes, ageism is absolutely real, Karen. Companies are preferring uh, to nurture the younger uh, uh, women in particular. And but you know what, in a lot of ways, rightly so, because they've got the vigor and the ambition and the where they are in their lives is they're all geared up to give it all they got. And yes. what I find, though, is that, like you say, we have so much wisdom and value to deliver back. And I think a lot of companies uh, have not quite worked out how they can best utilize us. So yes. I wonder if there is, lies an opportunity for us to get more creative in terms of how we're showing up and how we are actually communicating uh, with those organisations, not just in terms of responding to job ads, but how proactive are we being about doing the research in an organisation, for example, finding yes. some gaps, finding some holes, and actually being proactive about what we would do if we had an opportunity to come in and deliver. So yeah. I wonder if there's, this is where, just as, as we're speaking, uh, that as an idea of how many of us are doing that, or are we mm -hmm. still just relying on what the job market is doing? Are we just looking at on seek and, and, um, and then at best, you know, asking a few friends, do you know anyone who needs something? No, we've got to be much sharper and be much bolder and much more deliberate in how we're communicating. And I think this is where my professional branding work comes in. Yes. With my mindset development around resilience yes. and, and, and my uh, speciality, mental toughness. So we can sort of talk about that. But ageism absolutely is, a, is, is in our yeah. world for sure. So talk about mindset. So your mindset coaching to really, you say that it's the fastest way to kick ageism and poor self-worth because with ageism and you as a person feeling the effects of ageism, your self-worth goes down. So how do we, how do we overcome this with mindset? It's a journey, firstly. Um, a series of processes. Um, it's not, unfortunately, Karen, we haven't got a drug for that. <laughs> we haven't got the magic pill for that. So, so that must be uh, prevention rather than cure. <laughs> well, but you know what? We can cure it. If, if you've already gone down that path where you're really feeling down and out on yourself and you're listening and thinking, yeah, I feel worthless. And yeah, I just, nothing seems to be working for me. I'm washed up. I've, I've got nothing to give. Um, this is where the first step is awareness around what are we uh -huh. thinking? What are we feeling? And 
what are we what are we looking at that is informing that who's telling mm. us that yeah is it is it just our own inner critic yes are we taking somebody else's words as the truth and you know what the older we get sometimes the more sensitive we get to the way we're spoken to it might just take that one um interview or conversation with someone and maybe they say who do you think you you know what what why are you here you know or, or they they're taking other people's opinion they're taking other people's words as the truth and making that their truth so yes this is where the personal coaching and the leader development work the leader development work is really all about your brand identity work what are your values what are your strengths what is meaningful to you yeah and i know for myself that again this is constantly evolving and iterating yeah As you were reading back to me what i do i was listening i said absolutely it is our professional brand our uniqueness do you know what is unique about you that you can leverage into what you do and that comes down to really where you said it identifying awareness but writing down those characteristics that are unique to you and i have done that in the past and you know my partner says gosh karen you can talk to anyone anywhere i'm a communicator as you're a communicator colin's not a communicator you know like that so a lot of people find that hard they go how can you just talk to anyone it's something that's probably inbuilt it's my nature however i've also harnessed that skill through sales and the other part of that is listening to what someone says and being able to respond and make a two-way conversation so getting back to awareness means what are your unique skills as you said is it writing is it editing is it copy is it speaking is it listening is it computer is it um say things like organizing organizing things are you really a great organizer yeah i think as you're speaking what it is that we want to do is hone our superpower you know we talk about the zone uh, of genius uh, i was going to say the genius yeah, gay um is it gay hendrix the the leap there's a book oh, i uh, don't know the book but i have heard the genius zone before yeah the, the zone of genius is when we find that that sweet spot that thing that lights us up that thing that we're good at and we love doing it must bring us joy because we can be really good at filing but are you going to look for a job where you can go filing every day uh, <laughs> if you no. are highly organized right who's that who's the one marie kondo says if you don't love it it doesn't stay yes Smell it, love it go so if you don't love yes. filing get rid of it the same yes. with marie kondo on the filing yes yes and this is where um the ikigai uh diagram of you are totally working in your passion and in that zone of genius when you are doing what you love when you are good at that 
when it's something the world needs, right? So this is particularly pertinent for the workplace and ageism. Yep. The world must need what it is that is uniquely about you. And they must be ready to pay for it. And this is the piece, I think, that escapes a lot of women who come out of those careers have lost their identity because they may not be ready for re to retire. Either they can't retire financially, but the world, the corporate world or government is no longer, you know, wanting to hire them. So what else can you do? I mean, there's lots of things you can do. You can start your own business, for example, as another avenue. But that, that takes a whole myriad of skills and new things to learn as well. So, so you can actually monetize what it is that is unique about you or something that you can do that the world needs and the world will pay for. So that process is often a big part of that awareness work as well. Karen, and this is where professional coaching is often the best way and the fastest way to, um, to do that journey because you've got someone skilled guiding you, prompting you, reinforcing you, supporting you, and then holding you, um, you know, holding your feet to the fire when you say you're going to do something because we've got to do stuff. That accountability thing. Yeah, yeah. Can I go back? You mentioned ikigai, which I want to explain is a Japanese term. Mm. So it's about, is it your passion is ikigai? Yes. And that's where, you know, when all of these four things, are, um, you give a tick to what you love, that you're good at it, the world needs it and the world will pay for it or someone will pay for it. This is when you're working in your zone of genius and it's something you can pursue that will support you financially. Because we can pursue all sorts of hobbies. And as women, I think, you know, there's no end to our creativity in terms of hobby, but how do you monetize the hobby to make it a business? That's the missing link that, is, that requires confidence. It requires commitment. It requires you to continue to be challenged, challenge yourself, be challenged by others. And it requires control, that sense of, yes, I, I can do this. Yes, what I do matters. And that I do have some influence on outcomes. We must believe we matter, Karen. If yep. we don't believe it, if we don't take care of ourselves, the world the world isn't going to. So you just mentioned four C's, which I know are four C's of mental toughness, correct? It's a psychological. Yes, yes yep. it's one of my favourite psychology frameworks that I use that helps us to uncover what are our um, natural attitudes to, in terms of our, what, how do we respond to stress and pressure? Because yep. let's face it, ageism is a stress. Yep. Not having enough money to retire is a stress. Yep. Not being wanted in, um, in the workforce is a stress. Yep. There are lots of different things that happen to a woman over 50 yes. that are stressful and yep. they're real. Yeah, and we're not just talking about physical things that happen because they're also very real. But mm. what happens when you're, you're not that gorgeous young woman that people notice walking down the street 
well, people term it they've become we've become invisible. Personally, I don't feel invisible, but I'm I'm a bold out there sort of person. Did you go through a period of, of a bit of a slump? Please say yes. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> and you know, I also wonder am I doing the right thing? And I have definite doubts about myself and where I'm going and what I'm doing. But yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, sort of yes, I yes, I have. See, I'm interested, and this is also for myself too, when I go down that track of, oh, it's just, I'm just too old for this. When I hear that voice, Karen, I have to ignore it. Because yeah. if I'm giving my voice to that, if I'm making the reason that someone doesn't speak to me or someone doesn't you know, give me even an opportunity to have a, a conversation about a, a contract or a, a, a program or a opportunity to, to work in their business or, or with them. You know, uh-huh. if I start to go down that I'm too old, what I'm thinking has far more power than we realise. Yes. Well, it's like we always say the tip of the iceberg that we, with an iceberg, you only see the tiny bit at the top, but it's what's brewing uh-huh. down or solid down below the surface of the water, yep. that is, that's the iceberg. That's the real thing. And that's what happens. We're only, you're only seeing the face value, uh, but it's what is happening and how that affects your mood and your, um, your ability to function and to give the best of yourself. And that's why the mindset development work uh, is so important. And, for a lot of women, um, that's not a, something that you naturally think of that you need because I don't know about you, but I didn't have any specific mindset development coaching in my career or in my life. And But effectively, what leader development coaching is, is definitely mindset coaching because we've got to what happens up here is what translates into how we come across energetically. Yeah. It's, it also determines how we see challenges. Do we see it as a setback? Do we see it as a reason to quit? Or do we see it as an exciting problem to solve? Yeah. So that's the optimism of it, isn't it? So if you're seeing it in an optimistic way, you go, well, how do I get over that? It's like an obstacle course when you were kids or doing something like Tough Mudder you know, a race like that, you just think, okay, I've got to get to the end. How am I going to get to that end? I think setting those goals, would you need goals to do that? How do I get there? And this is um, definitely goal-oriented people are far more successful by all the studies that have been done. And this is where, again, the mental toughness psychology framework has over a hundred peer reviewed published papers on not just studies that have been done by the founders, but by independent psychologists and researchers. And this is where people with higher levels of mental toughness. So high levels, a sense of control, commitment, and, and, a, a, and a learning attitude towards uh, failure and, and, and uh, experimenting and that personal confidence, those people tend to be much more goal-oriented. Yeah. So because, you know, we, if we know what we're aiming for, 
then we can we can create a path towards that and then have a way of then measuring how we're going towards that thing if if we don't have a sense of destination then how do we know that we're going in the right direction and i know when i start to lose that sense of do i am i you know should i really be doing this or am, you know am i really you know all of that that happens to all of us we all have that inner critic and you know i was thinking what i really do with people karen is that i take them from saboteur to significance oh i love in themselves right because this saboteur gets really loud and i reckon that voice gets louder as we get older and you know that um we are our own worst critics we know that that's a huge i think it's really one of our probably most human character traits is our inner critic mm. uh, and our inner critic depending on our upbringing can be you know more um more out there and in your head well more what's the word I'm looking for Leah it can be more challenging when you've had a challenging life that your inner critic really really um, there's so much evidence for it to hang on to and keep dishing up to you oh you failed at that you tried last time you've done all this before and you didn't get anywhere what yeah let's not go there because the record you know just keeps playing and it gets louder because our subconscious will look for the evidence to support whatever it is that we give our attention to. And this can be really hard when you're not feeling optimistic, Karen. See, it's, and this is where conversations like we're having, I get really inspired and I become bulletproof because you, it's almost the, the quality of the conversation and, and you being on a similar path to really seizing the day and making, like really creating something different and better as we get older. You're not gonna let ageism get you down. I mean, you know, um, aging fearlessly that's your book right yeah. so and and this is where uh, it's so important to find something that means something to you that you can create something around and that's for me I, I guess the path that I've been on and aging fearlessly has become so much more than it was just a book but for me I've learned so many skills outside of my workplace things I've had to talk teach to have to taught have to teach myself such as podcasting such as how to question people but you know one of the best things and i say this all the time one of the biggest lessons i've learned is the one the thing that happens here the listening because i never listened leah i thought i listened but i didn't listen but i've learned amazing skills you know just practical skills of editing and podcasting and it but it's the other skills that, you know, the five senses to look and listen. And that's what I love about my radio and podcast is that I get to listen and learn from amazing people. And in hope, what keeps me going on the times that I want to give up, and there are days I think, what the heck am I doing this for? And then someone will say, oh, Karen, I listened to that podcast the other day oh my god that was amazing i oh sorry i get goosebumpy um it's made me really think about what i'm doing yeah. and given me some hope and and even the story room event that i ran earlier this year people came away and said that was life-changing 
you know. So, so they're the little, re they're the reasons I do this. Um, and what's success? Am I making millions of dollars out of it? No, but I'm starting to mark success as how I'm improving others' lives. Yes. And this is where um, feedback is the breakfast of champions. And again, you know, we take what resonates and leave the rest. But, and this is where the reciprocity is such a, a requirement for our psychological well-being. And that's why it is so important to ask for reviews and to connect, find ways to connect with your listeners because otherwise it's a one-way street, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you know? absolutely. And this is where like uh, my um, research project at the moment, talking to women of significance in STEM leadership so women who are in science and technology roles in those leadership positions who have got there in spite of the biases and the barriers and the ageisms and they have they have cut through so i'm really curious about their traits their beliefs their journey their the things that they've chosen how they've supported themselves uh, or not through the process um, and so this is where it does come down to what, I, what I'm finding as a, as a snippet of the research. And if any of the listeners are keen to have the report once I've written it, then I'd be very happy to share that. So um, they can just email me around that so we can have the details on the, um, yeah. on the recording. But um, it's very much a very deep, deep-seated passion to make a positive difference in their chosen field that is so beyond themselves. Yeah, so I'm just going to explain again. So STEM is um, people in science, technology, and you're talking particularly women that you're interested in because you're interviewing them to find out really what makes them take this journey and be to be successful so it's science technology engineering yes maths, and medicine yes and so and medical research medical so, research yes so they're quite um they're topics that typically weren't topics that women went into we became in my generation we became teachers and nurses that's right yes and so very male, it's a, it's, the industry is created by men, dominated by men, so that that male culture is the norm. So how are these women cutting through and creating success and taking care of themselves in the process? And so this is, again, where we look at, we have our internal environment that influences us and we have our external environment and when our internal environment is clear and strong and we are firmly firmly connected to what matters most to us and when we know ourselves deeply this helps us make different decisions about what happens in our environment so mm. because this impacts the level of sensitivity how what are our filters? It's like a, if you think about a cell and the cell wall, right? Mm -hmm. we, our, our 
outside of our mind is like that cell wall. And when we are clear about who we are, what we want, where we're going, what our unique value proposition is, it's so much easier then to know how to filter what to let in, what to, what, and what to dis, disregard. Yeah. And what happens when we lose that sense of self, Karen, that sense of identity, that sense of person, our value in ourselves, our filters just, they become, they become non-existent. And yeah. suddenly everything from our outside world is, is determining our self image, our sense of self, how we feel about ourselves, about our own value, our own potential. And if we don't speak into our own potential and bring that into our world, nobody else is going to see it in us and, and help us with that. Not over 50. They no. might when we're in our 20s and a lot of these successful women have had those mentors that have, have really supported them and given them belief in themselves before they had belief that, that step, um, strength of belief in themselves. But for we as mature women, this is why connecting with like-minded people as we are here, looking at engaging uh, a professional coach or mentor or, or a trusted advisor, yep. someone, you know, who can help you and, and reflect back to you yep. and, and give you support as you crack this new ground of recreating yourself. I don't say it's a pivot, it's a recreation. And I have certainly recreated myself in order to do the executive coaching work and professional identity work that I do today. Yeah. I have, you know, in my, not just in my degree work, but I've done a lot of personal, deep internal work to be able to be who I am today, to be able to guide and lead others on the path and reassure them that they are indeed making the best possible decision by investing in themselves. Yeah. Well, look, honestly, it's a fascinating topic. And um, I know the changes that I've made in my life, and we could go on about this for forever, talking along these lines about women and, and ageism and, and how you how you build a new you, a new future. And maybe another time we'll talk more about it. But, you know, it does take commitment. And if I look back at my life, I'm a very different person now to five years ago. And I've probably had the biggest period of growth in my life since I wrote my book five years ago. And someone said to me, when you write this, even though it's, it's not a world beater, but, you know, even though when you write this, life changes. And it does. And it changed, it's changed so much for the better because it's taken me on a path and a journey with a new purpose and that's so important in life and and you know we're very similar in and I, I know a lot of similar women who have some amazing talents that they've been able to harness you know by using a coach and being around the you know connecting with the right people and having goals and action and optimism and you know another thing I'm starting to learn to laugh at myself oh yes and have humor because sometimes I think I lack humour and I get so serious about myself. <laughs> I think, ah, just shut up and laugh, you know. It's, yeah. And that comes, that comes often after you've got a little bit of a track record 
to be able to see for yourself that you actually have made significant changes. You actually are growing. You put a stake in the ground with that book, Karen. Five years ago, you said, aging fearlessly, this is what I stand for. And that allowed another door to open for this growth to happen. Mm. So sometimes yeah. we do have to step out in faith and not be sure where it's going to take us. And then we can laugh at ourselves. But when we're in the depths of not knowing really who we are, what we want, what's good about me, what, what, what have I done with my, you know, when we're in that frame of mind, very hard to laugh. Yeah, it is. Can I say one other thing, you know, a lot of people, a lot of women, especially over 50s, perceive what you and I are doing as really difficult, writing a book being really difficult. You know what? I didn't write it in one hit. I didn't do it all on my own. I asked people to help. Sometimes it was a little part of a chapter. Sometimes it was, how do I do this? Sometimes, how do I get the best cover? What am I going to call this? It wasn't called Aging Fearlessly till well after I wrote it. So, you know, it's always one step at a time. And if you want to engage in a new journey, just start and things will come together and things will, you'll go down the wrong track many times, especially if you don't have a good coach, you'll go down the wrong track and then you'll back up and you'll go on the, the right track again for a while. But there's lots of wrong tracks, but that's part of the fun of learning making the mistakes yes and um and taking taking those steps realizing that you you don't necessarily control outcomes but you do control what that next one step is that you can take and that's why the support of community and um and and coaching and having a path so that at any time you can see, yes, I actually am making progress because it is that sense of progress that gives us the sense of, of well-being and joy. It's not actually necessarily getting to the destination. And, you know, it's great when we get there, but we must enjoy the journey as well. Oh. And, and learning to like laugh and learning to, to not do well, something well, we know we're out of our comfort zone when we're not doing something well, don't we, Karen? And in order oh, yeah. to learn, by definition, we must get out of our comfort zone. So um, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's part of the deal. And I think this is where social media has really made a big difference, allowing us to connect, particularly in these times of COVID. And there is really no excuse to be taking that, that road on your own. No. And, um, and, and, and that's where, again, you know, having the skills as you do uh, for connection and communication, these are two really highly sought after skills in organisations. And yeah. they are also the foundation for collaborative leadership, for innovation, for creativity, so it's just a matter of, uh, of harnessing those, as you say, and deciding which direction uh, you want to take and then finding that path that can take you there. Well, Leah, first of all, 
I wish you so much luck on um, with your STEM report and I look forward to maybe getting a copy when it's all done because I'd love to know more about these women and breaking down those barriers on boards and in governments and pay pay gaps. And also, um, if people want to find out more about you, how do they do that? They can go to my website, which is www zaxis.com.au so that's z-e-d-a-x-i-s uh, or they can uh, connect with me on linkedin look up leah zalum z-a-l-u-m-s there's not too many of us um, there and um, certainly email me and i've got lots of uh, resources i've got a youtube channel that does have a number of different interviews on all things leadership mental toughness uh, women in STEM. And so that is, uh, if you look up YouTube, it's Z-Axis TV. And um, do reach out. I'm always happy, happy to connect. Well, Leah, when I um, air this podcast, when I publish it, there'll be a nice cover and people will be able to find out through my social media how to find you. But thank you for giving me this. 40, it's been about 45 minutes and time's gone just like that. <laughs> Thank so, you so uh, much. Another Karen. time to chat, and it was great to meet you with Jane Jackson, another incredible coach and uh, a, a friend of mine. There's so many amazing people out there that are really stepping outside their comfort zone and have already passed their 60s and yes. really um, nailing it. So, cheers. Cheers, and thank you, Karen. It's been it's been great. I've really enjoyed connecting with you. Me too. It's been a very easy chat. <laughs> Thanks. Bye now. Bye. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful Go and climb mountains high Swim across oceans wide Live out our dreams Just you and me Let your heart be alive There's no time to waste Gotta go get the most out of This treasure that you've got to find, baby, don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice, everything nice. Let your heart be alive, baby, just let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart be alive.